coming in as Loom. Hewitt-Dyke centered it. Talk with Pat Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Well, let's get this hour underway. It is Tuesday, January 9th. Welcome to the Scotiabank Saddledome with Wes Gilbertson of Post Media. It's Pat Steinberg on the Sports Drive brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Did you know Calgary Lock and Safe also fixes doors? If you have one that needs it, visit calgarylockandsafe.com slash doors. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. The second half of this hour, we will chat with the general manager of the Calgary Flames. Craig Conroy will join us here in the Hot Stove Lounge at the Scotiabank Saddledome. We'll break down the first half of the season with the GM and a little bit on the first half of the hour, which uh, will once again, just like Monday's Hour two was, in a lot of ways, a good chunk of it dedicated to a big-time milestone for Michael Backlund. Same thing here. And, you know, Michael Backlund is on Tuesday night here against the Ottawa Senators going to tie Mark Giordano for second all-time on the Flames games played list. The franchise that dates back to the early 1970s when they first started playing in Atlanta. Uh, Mark Giordano and uh, soon Michael Backlund will each have played 949 games as a member of the Flames. And then Michael will move into sole possession of number two all-time Thursday against the Arizona Coyotes. And there are a ton of storylines for this game against the Ottawa Senators. Wes, you've got the bounce back against uh, after the game against Chicago. You've got Dylan Dubé, who's going to be a healthy scratch for the first time in almost three years. You've got Jan Kuznetsov, who's making his NHL debut, and yet the story that dominated most of the morning with all of those things was this uh, Backlund milestone, and I say yeah. rightfully so, as, I, it, as it should. You know what, Pat? I'm smiling right now because that's exactly the way it should be. And, and yes, you know, there's a lot of intrigue around Dylan Dubé being a healthy scratch the first time in three seasons. How does a guy with 20 points snap out of that? There, There's always a lot of excitement for a solo lap and, and an NHL debut, and, and I would say even more so this season in Calgary with what some of the young players have been able to accomplish when given their opportunity. But tonight should belong to Michael Backlund because this is another – really special milestone you know as I put it to Michael this morning it it must be hard to wrap your head around the fact that when you're done playing you know when Michael Backlund is 60 years old and has his feet kicked up and is watching his grandkids run around the yard he's still gonna be one of the all-time games played leaders for the Calgary Flames franchise and I just think going back to when he signed his extension in September to seal the captaincy and seal the fact that he's going to play a thousand games in the same uniform. Like this is just so neat. And to celebrate his loyalty and his longevity, it would be a shame if the spotlight today was anywhere else. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, it's, it's funny was we're going to hear from him in just a second. He spoke this morning and, and, while listening to, to Michael this morning and, and being in the, the media scrum he did with a bunch of us, um, you know, we talked on Monday about how much these things mean to him and how much these things, like, they resonate with him. And, and It's a great word for it. Yeah, and, and it doesn't, a lot of guys 
I think will try not to talk publicly or even think consciously about individual things because hockey, 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 hockey is always about the team, right? And it's, it's always about – it's always team first, especially when it's positive individual accomplishments. Negative, yeah, you take it all on yourself a lot of times. But positive, no, it's the team, it's the team, it's the team. But – and I'm not suggesting Michael's not a team guy because he is. But I think he really – takes the time to appreciate things like this and appreciate how far he's come, appreciate how difficult it was early on when he was not an everyday player, when he was missing significant time with injury, when he was being labeled as a potential first-round bust. All of the things that went along with the first, I want to say, half decade of his time as a member of the Calgary Flames, and now here he is, 50, as we speak right now, 52 games away from 1,000. Early next season, he will become the second player in franchise history to ever play 1,000 games in a Flames uniform. And for him to be passing one of the Flames' all-time greats yeah. in, in Mark Giordano and, and on this Tuesday night moving into a tie with him, I guarantee you he didn't see it. I guarantee you when you we're, we're about to hear him and when he says, I didn't know how long I was going to be in the NHL for. And when he talks about um, how he never thought that he'd be a captain of an NHL franchise, those those are legit. I can guarantee his long-term goals and long-term outlook was shaken in the first five years because he's admitted it to guys like you and I that it was shaken and, and he didn't know how long North American hockey was going to be in his future for. There, There's a conversation happening today in the city of Calgary, you know, especially after the comments that Ryan Huska made this morning saying part of Dylan Dubé's struggles are on me because of his ice time. And, and so there's this debate happening. Well, how much can you expect a guy to produce playing fourth line minutes? And in Michael Backlund's first full season at the Saddle Dome, he played 12 minutes a night. He was a guy who came in with the pressure of being a first round pick and the pressure of being a first round pick during an era when the predominant storyline in the city was always, how did we find a, a top center to pair with Jerome McGinley? And so Michael Backlund went through a ton of growing pains early in his career. As Mark Giordano has pointed out in chatting with our friend Randy Sportak of Hockey News, this is a guy who came in with a, a lot of flash and dazzle in his game and became one of the best two-way centers in the history of this franchise, a guy that would be mentioned in Selkie Trophy conversation. So just for for Michael Backlund to do everything that he's needed to do to kind of squeeze the most out of his NHL career, right? The the commitment to his fitness. We're going to hear it from Ryan Huska. We're going to hear it from Rasmus Anderson. You know, I hope nights like tonight, are sort of the payoff. I, I hope and I know he'll get a raucous ovation when his milestone is mentioned tonight in the Saddle Dome. Like the, these are cool celebrations that you'd hate to see get lost just because of the frustration of Sunday's defeat in Chicago, just because of the questions that surround the future of, you know, what direction is this team going to? Yeah, okay. That question's going to be there tomorrow. And the frustration of the loss to Chicago, we were all over that yesterday.
tonight's about Michael Backlund. Let's uh, let's hear him. Michael spoke uh, on Tuesday morning inside the Flames locker room ahead of game number 949 as he moves into a tie with Mark Giordano for second on the all-time games played list. 949, what's it mean to you? Yeah, it's, uh, it's special. Um, early in the days, like I said before, uh, here in Calgary, I didn't think I was going to maybe, you know, maybe you know how long I was going to play in NHL and then, uh, yeah, long for one franchise and uh, to be tied with Gio is very special too, growing up, uh, having him as my mentor and looking up to him and sliding second right behind Jerome as well, being my first captain here and, uh, you know, the biggest, uh, you know, franchise player here. So uh, it's it's very special. And, uh Gio send you one of those texts with the balloons or something? <laughs> no, nothing yet. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see if he does, but no, I haven't heard anything yet. What does it mean, knowing how long you played with Mark specifically, to, to be tied with him and soon to pass Mark specifically? Yeah, it's special. Um, I always looked up to him. He was such a good captain for us and leader before he was a captain. and um, Great teammate, friend. Uh, yeah, like I said, from day one, I always looked up to him, and he uh, he put in the work. Uh, he, his uh, his road to playing so many games in NHL and being so successful—it's uh, it's an impressive road he's he had uh, the career. Um, and um, so, yeah, it feels special to share it tonight with him. I mean, a little bit more to hit this too, as uh, as the captain of the team. Yeah, of course. Um, something I thought of before the season and um, the off season and when I made my decision to stay here um, to be to be the captain I mean it's uh, it's a, a dream come true um, not that I ever expected I'd be a little young kid to be captain in the job but it's very special so to reach this milestone being a captain is yeah uh, it's awesome Mike, I know you can get so locked in on the sort of day to day in this league and that's part of the job but you sort of wrap your head around the fact that long after you're done playing, your name is going to be up there in the, the franchise record books, and that's going to be there forever. Yeah, um, like you said, it's kind of hard right now, and when we play all the time, and so many, you know, it's, uh, every game is so important, and we're chasing the playoff spot, and you focus on that. And um, but I took a little bit of time yesterday to reflect a little bit, and uh, and this morning too, I was just like. You know, when we talked about the Fox trip during camp and we should have it, um, you know, this is one of the trips, and we say, yeah, let's do this one. And then I had no idea at that time I was going to tie Gio tonight, and potentially next game uh, became all-time second alone. Uh, to have my dad here tonight, it's going to be very special too. Um, that's, uh, like I said, we didn't, I didn't plan that, so it feels very special that He's coming over today, and uh, we'll be here for this this week and a little bit of next week as well. And uh, how many of those 949 games has he watched? 940, probably. <laughs> <laughs> the other nine, because he told him to go to bed. No, yeah, yeah, I tried that uh, when he when he was really when he was sick there for a period, uh, but it was, he couldn't. Uh, but uh, he's. Uh, since he retired, he's traveled quite a bit, um, and even yeah, when he was younger too, or years before too, when he's traveled, and it wasn't as easy to stream. Maybe when I was early days in this league, he missed a few games. Michael, how important for yeah the family legacy? If I think you said your grandpa worked at the same place for over thirty years, like like how important has it been just to do this all in the same uniform? 
yeah, I know it means a lot to me. Um, it um, um, it's very special when I made a decision to stay here this summer. Um, you know, I, I thought of my grandpa, I thought of my dad, um, both of them working same company for such a long time, being a loyal person, and um, <clears throat> them being a loyal person to their companies. And um, yeah, I just felt like that was kind of in the family, and I felt it was probably meant to be that way for me too. Uh, not that I ever expected it, like I said, when I was younger, but now that I was here this fall, I, I definitely reflected on that. And uh, um, same goes for my never brought that up to my my friend that passed away he played for the same uh, sports team as well his whole career and he would have played there until he if he was still alive he would have still played on that, that team too so um just a lot of connections that way too that is captain michael backland who as captain of the flames will tie former captain mark giordano who uh, played his 949th game as captain of the calgary flames and uh, michael backland will tie him at 949 games on this tuesday night as captain of the calgary flames while we're talking captains uh remind everybody who the one man he's now chasing Jerome Ginla at 1,219, who also, when he played his 1,219th game sometime in April of 2013, was also the captain of the Calgary Flames, which is pretty neat. And is now the special advisor to the GM of the Calgary Flames. I I asked Ryan Huska today if he thought that... Michael Backlund might take a run at one two one nine. I well, you, you, you might as well you might as well just uh, go right into the head coach because uh, you know Ryan Huska's history with Michael goes way back. It uh, dates back to the spring of two thousand nine when and and you referenced this on Monday's yeah. show. So Michael Backlund was playing January two thousand nine. So it was January. Okay, I guess it was whatever, 13, 14 years ago, whatever, yeah, 15, years, 15 ago? years ago. Good math, Steinberg. Yeah, not bad, buddy. Uh, I got there eventually. <laughs> just kept on going and eventually <laughs> hit it. Um, so he was not playing and uh, not getting a real good role on his team in Sweden. And so the Flames, for his development, worked out a situation where he came over to North America, was over here for a little bit, and was going to go join the Kelowna Rockets of the Western Hockey League with Jamie Benn and company, and coached by Ryan Huska. And while there was a little bit of uh, delay in getting all the papers figured out, he did play a game as a member of the Flames about 15 years ago, uh, and then went on to play with the Kelowna Rockets, put up great numbers with the Rockets, and they went on a long run in the Western Hockey League come playoff time as well. So, you know, Ryan Huska has uh, a history going back 15 years with Michael Backlund. So he's a good guy to hear from as well. He spoke about Michael's milestone a little earlier on Tuesday as well. You think about the amount of games that he's now played for the same organization is pretty pretty cool, and it speaks of how he takes care of himself and um, how he approaches the day-to-day. So uh, it's a great milestone for him, for his family, Um and it's nice that it's kind of tied into our, our dad's trip. So I know there's a lot of people around for him. So it's, it's a really cool night for him. Summarize what he means to the team and, and the organization and maybe even the city. Um, I don't know if I can summarize it. Like for, for our team, he's been a real good voice in our dressing room. And he's been a, a great example of how you have to play the game night in and night out. Um, in regards to the city, I think everybody knows all the different um, charities that he and his wife are involved in. He takes a real big role, and he's a very proud Calgarian. Um, and I think that's what makes him 
the type of player that you want to have around for sure because he, he wants to be a Calgary Flame. He always has. And um, over the course of the summer, he decided that he wanted to stay that way. So um, he, he means a tremendous amount to this our team for sure and to, the, I think, the, York, the city in general. Any memories from Kelowna stick out? Um, yeah, there's a few as a young guy for sure. Um, I mean, well, I remember the hit that he took. That's one that jumps out to the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, Michael Stone ran him over, but he came back like, as good as ever. But he, he was a big boost for our team um, when we, we had a good team that was pushing to get ourselves to the Mo Memorial Cup, and he was the guy that put us over the edge. And how he fit in right away with his teammates uh, you know, was a pretty good indicator of the type of person that he was and was going to be. You, uh, you coached Mark Giordano as well to see Michael... <clears throat> Now move into a tie with him, just having coached both guys, just kind of what does that mean? Yeah, uh, well, it's neat to be around them for sure. And even Jerome, I know that amount of games that he's played, whatever is 12, 12, 19 or whatever that is, um, they all are very similar um, in how they take care of themselves uh, at the rink. I mean, to start the year, Michael's top three in our testing, and he is every year. So he understands what he has to do to, to keep himself um, at a high level. So every year the players get younger and they get faster and they get stronger. And when you're smart like Michael is, he knows that he, there's a standard that he has to stay to or adhere to. And he pushes himself hard to make sure he's ready to play all the time. And that's very similar to what we saw from Mark. And I'm sure that's exactly the same thing that you saw from Jerome. And I'm guessing that Michael learned a lot from Jerome when they played together here. Do you think Michael could take a run at 1219? Uh, the way he takes care of himself, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. You think he has a shot at it? I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. And I, ju I just went, as we were listening to that, I just went and um, watched that hit that uh, Ryan Oh, you Hask just went and watched it? I just it? went and watched the replay. Michael Stone, development coach now for the Flames. If you're driving to the rink and listening you are to a, this, what? you are a bad man. A, what an, awful, what an oh, awful thing to do oh, to a future oh, teammate. Oh, my God. Did you absolutely level Michael Bass. As I as I said, if if Stone is listening, if if Stone is listening right now, I said to Wes, I said when I saw that hit, I I was here, I I, I was either watching. I don't remember. Was it at the dome or was it in Kelowna? You know, I don't I've remember. Closed it now, so because I don't remember if I, you know, it's it's 15 years ago, so I don't remember if I was here watching live or watching it live on the web stream. I just remember watching it live, and and I just remember saying to myself, "Wow, he's going back to Sweden tomorrow." Like that, that like they they just brought him over from Sweden, and he just got leveled like that. That doesn't happen in Sweden, and and that's not they just it's a bigger ice surface. There's Western League is very different than than Swedish hockey, and I was just like, "Well, he's going back to he's going back to uh, the Western League." Yep. It, bye bye. It. Uh, it reminds, That's right. He's going back to Sweden. He's not, He's done. He's not playing in North America. It. Uh, it reminds me of something funny that Michael Backlund told me when we were talking about his first NHL game, which was right after the World Juniors in Ottawa, where uh, Team Sweden that included Michael Backlund and actually Jacob Markstrom lost 5-1 to Team Canada in the gold medal game and I asked Michael about his excitement to come to Calgary after that and, and he said well to be honest with you I was so mad at Canada that I was like <laughs> ah, I don't really want to stay in North America right now but uh, it turned out well uh, Michael Backlund his wife Frida are and this sounds like an exaggeration and it, it couldn't be further from that 
they are pillars in this community. They are such difference makers for charity in the city of Calgary. I know Flames fans know that. I know that has a lot to do with the love that they have for their current captain, Michael Backlund. And uh, tonight's going to be another special night. And very cool that his dad's here, right? Yeah, his dad, very neat. His dad, Yan, uh, was flying in today, going to be in attendance tonight and then Thursday to see number 950, which puts Michael officially in sole possession of second on the all-time list. So pretty cool. Let's uh, wrap it up by uh, hearing uh, from a guy who knows Michael very well, and uh, this means a lot to teammate Rasmus Anderson as he spoke on Tuesday morning too. It means a lot. You know, uh, Michael means obviously uh, a lot to me and my family, and, uh, you know, he's been – He's been in my corner since day one, and um, he's a really good teammate, really good captain, and most importantly, a really good friend of mine. So uh, it means a lot, and I'm super excited for him. And um, yeah, it couldn't happen to a better guy. Perez, you like you've established yourself obviously long since here. You played 400 something. Like, how do you wrap your head around 949 games? <laughs> it's a, it's a lot of it's a lot of games. Uh, you know, uh, but, you know, the way he takes care of himself and look after himself, uh, you're not surprised. I mean, if you guys you guys get to see him on a day-to-day basis, uh, but you guys only get to see half of it. And uh, it's the other half that's so impressive with him. And, um, you know, and, uh, you know, the way he takes care of himself in the gym and the extra work he does, the preparation and uh, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and yeah, and just the leadership too. Um, so, uh, yeah, I couldn't be more excited for Bax. You talk about him being in your corner. Can you uh, expand on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, uh, it doesn't matter kind of what I need. Uh, you know, if I need anything around the house or a car or anything, uh, I uh, I call Bax and he uh, he sends me in the right direction right away. So, uh, uh, you know, it was the same with, uh, you know, daycare for my son, and he helped me with that. And uh, so whatever it is, he, uh, he always helps out. And uh, it's been like that since... Uh, since day one or since yeah since I got drafted I mean he was he was one of the first guy who um, congratulated me when I got drafted and um, yeah uh, 10 years later we we're really good friends Rasmus I know he's been a leader for a while now but now wearing to see you this year what have you seen in terms of, of the captain captain Michael back uh, you know um, I think you got to look after yourself uh, first before you start pointing fingers or before you lead and uh, he's such a good example of that um you know he's ready to play every game uh doesn't matter if it's a you know ozone or d-zone face off it's a penalty kill power play he's he's out there and he leads the way and um you know if someone if someone's not doing their job or if someone's playing well uh, he lets the guy know and um and you know it's that accountability he's he stands for around here and uh that's uh, that's the one thing I've been really impressed by him so far this year. It's the accountability towards everyone. That's Rasmus Anderson as Michael Backlund plays game at 9.49. Ties Mark Giordano on Tuesday night. Uh, we're coming at you from our uh, hot stove lounge here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Everything is uh, emanating back from our downtown studio, the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Worried about radon? They install custom mitigation systems to reduce your risk. To find out more, visit dlbasementsystems.com for a free estimate. Flamestock is on the air and streaming on the Sportsnet mobile app. Sportsnet 960 The Fan, Calgary.
All right, let's go inside hockey on this Tuesday for Calgary Co-op. It's that time to stock up for the celebrations that matter with ingredients that help make memories. Visit Calgary Co-op where life's in store. It's uh, Pat Steinberg, Wes Gilbertson of Post Media. And now we say hello to the general manager of the Calgary Flames, Craig Conroy. When the Flames play on this Tuesday night against Ottawa, they uh, will play game 41. So after the final buzzer, midway through the season, we'll get into that with the GM. But maybe uh, let's let's get into Michael Backlund, who, you know, when uh, we were just talking earlier this hour, 15 years ago, when he played his first NHL game here at the Dome, uh, one of his teammates, one of the guys ahead of him on the center ice depth chart was Craig Conroy. 949 games later, here he is tying uh, Geo for second all-time on the franchise list. That's... Uh, it's pretty. It's a pretty cool mark, isn't it? <laughs> it's amazing, really, when you think about it. It's, uh, you know, and, and that's the thing. You know, when you have these kind of, especially in the way the league is now, with all the movement, players in and out, to have one guy play that many games uh, with one organization, and for me to kind of be there at the start of it, and now watch him here we are all these years later. It's it's pretty it's pretty special. I mean, to see how he's kind of. He went from kind of a boy to a man, you know, in over that time and how he's kind of changed, but how much he's still like himself, you know. You know, when I look back, he's still got that youthful exuberance every day. He's here, he's in the gym. He does almost the same things as he did way back then as he does now. He just, you know, he's just a little older. So when you first, like that first game or the first training camp he came to or whatever it may be, what were your – or Craig Conroy's, because you're 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 a veteran. You've been to Cup Finals by by this time. What what's your impression of this young kid from Sweden? You know, it, you can see the skill right away. Skill skating when he went on the ice, very raw though. You know, in your mind, you're thinking, oh, this guy, you know, kind of, he's going to be a very good player. He's just going to need a little time. That was it. You know, he at that point, you look at his body now, how strong he is and how big he is. You know, he was a skinny, small kid then, you know, and he came in and very polite, very nice, quiet, uh, didn't say much, maybe did a little bit too much on social media and the guys went after him. <laughs> I'm like, you don't need to put everything you do on social media because, <laughs> the guy, you know, the guys would joke around with the morning and give it to him. I could tell he was rattled. I'm like, it's because you put everything out there. <laughs> Quit doing that. They're following you. <laughs> well, I remember, I, I will never forget one of the first poker tournaments he showed up for, and he was wearing like a novelty cowboy hat and had a little string on it. I don't think he was doing it ironically, and they were all over him. And it, I think he was like, oh, no, this is not the right cowboy hat to wear. The pajama pictures at Christmas. I mean, the guys don't miss a trick. Like, so <laughs> if you do something, you think you might get it through. You don't. <laughs> this is wise advice from a guy who probably didn't have to worry about social media in his rookie season. Yeah, there weren't phones, there weren't camera phones, there wasn't videos. It was, uh, you know, maybe an easier time way back then. <laughs> you just kind of went. If you wanted to watch anything, you had to watch it on uh, on TV or you'd hear it on the radio, read it in the paper. You actually got, that's what I told the guys. I mean, nowadays you don't see it, but we'd wake up in the morning on the road, you open your door, and there's a paper there. It just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, a little you know? different these days. Yeah, it is. I uh, I was looking at the stats yesterday, and so 949 tonight for Michael Backlund, all obviously on behalf of the Flames. And, you know, that one of the stats I was looking at, there's only 13 active players in the NHL who have played 
that many games with just one while only ever wearing one logo. And it's like Pittsburgh. Ovechkin, <laughs> yeah. Crosby, Malkin, yeah. Brad yeah. Marchand's on that list, Andre Kopitar. So Michael Backlund's not the guy who's always been on the top line, right? He, right. He's become a, a shutdown kind of two-way center. Those guys tend to bounce around a little bit. And, and so what's given Michael Backlund, would you say, the staying power in this organization that he's had? You know, I think the one thing is his consistency. He's always played the same way. Maybe not a 100-point player, but every night he comes and gives you everything he can. He works. Whether he gets points, he doesn't get points. He does all those small things that can help your team win, and I think it's hard to find. You know, it really is. I mean, you look around, you look at a guy that can play center, that can kill penalties, that can play in the power play, and and just his skating, I think, if you watch him, you know, even if you watch the game tonight, it's still as strong as it was when he was 20 years old. You know, that's the thing. You know, even it's probably better. He's stronger on pucks now. He's stronger in battles. He's got a better stick, and he's just smarter. But, uh, you know, when you have all those things, when you think about moving people and making – it's hard to find that. Like, those are the things you're looking for in a center, and to actually go out and find one, it's not that easy. I mean, it, it's you have to draft them, develop them, and and kind of work work with them to get them to the level the backs is at. I uh, I'm going to be asking you to repeat yourself a little bit because you and I had this conversation last week, but I, I think Pat put it perfectly in the first hour. He said these milestones they resonate with Michael. Like they, you can tell they means something to him are you able you, you've spent more time around him than either of us have are you able to sort of just explain how you can tell what a night like this or, or some of these other stops along the way have meant to michael well i think he really appreciates the game and i don't know if he even thought how long he'd be in the nhl i think when you you know even myself like he was a first rounder i wasn't i never took one day in the nhl for granted if i played one game or lucky enough to play over a thousand like i never thought this was my right i had to earn it and i think Bax feels like he has to earn it every day and continue to get better and, and be that person and and i think when he has a milestone he's like i've accomplished this this will be a big one i mean most some guys would say well it's second you know but for backs i know i'll make sure i get down there after the game and congratulate him and because every you know 900 means a lot to backs for me 900 didn't mean as much thousand meant a lot yeah 900 not so much but i know backs uh you know he's 200 meant a lot to backs and, and being with him knowing 100 meant a lot yeah. so you know i i just know how his mind thinks and and this is important and i think that was part of when we were talking about the contract the two-year extension you know i said man you're really going to do something here that and, and you talk about those things and talk about being you know eventually be a guy that plays a thousand games with the calgary flames with one team you know and that means something to him and i could tell you know he was he he talked about that when we signed the contract how he's looking forward and who and like i told Bax, hey as well as he's playing you know if as we're moving forward he's great for these young guys as these young guys that leadership that's what you need you can't you know i know everybody is talks about rebuild and things like that but you always have to have some core veteran guys that can show everyone else how to do it the right way and be a pro and that's why you know i, I know jerome at some point will be in sight of backs because he takes care of himself he does the right things you know and if that's that would be another big day 
Yeah. You know, but this is a big day for backs. And Gio, it's a second all-time, you know, most games ever played by one. This is a proud franchise, too. We've had some amazing players yeah. here. So to to have him do that tonight is special. Early 1970s, when you think about it. That's how, that's how long the organization has been around. And he's number two after this one. It's it's special. I mean, it, it really is, though. I mean, I think it is. I mean, I think when you – I remember – when I was playing in uh, St. Louis and Steve Eiserman had a few things and I happened to be at games where he was getting honored for things he's done. And then you go to different Patrick Waugh, different, every arena you go to, you think those are special players that have played there a long time and earned a lot, whether it's, you know, Pittsburgh, I bet you when you go there, it seems like every night Crosby or Malkin or somebody does something there. Right. But for us to have someone like Bax here and have these special nights, I think, I think it's important and it's good for a good for an organization. We're chatting with Craig Conroy, Calgary Flames general manager with us here on Flames Talk. He's uh, joining us in the Hot Stone Lounge. Okay, so you play Ottawa, and when the final buzzer hits, you'll be officially halfway through the season. Um, I guess I guess before we dive in on the on-ice product, I'm just year, year one, halfway through year one is, as an NHL GM, like, You've gone through seasons as an AGM before, but what's uh, what's it been been like as a general manager? Has it how different has it been being in the biggest chair? Well, definitely, uh, there's a lot more to it. I mean, there definitely is, but. Uh you know, in the end, it's been fun. It's, uh, you know, a work in progress. I'm trying to get better, just like trying to make the team better every day. You know, I think at times you'd like things maybe happen a little quicker or whatever, but it goes at its own pace, you know, and that's what I'm kind of learning right now, that if you can't fast forward anything, you can't make anything happen out of nothing, and you have to be patient. And patience, you know, I probably wouldn't say I'm always the most patient person just as me, but kind of sitting in this chair, it has to, you have to be a little bit more patient than you think. How would you... How would you look at the on-ice product for the team? Um, if you were to sum everything up into a, a bow, how have the, the first 40, 41 games in your eyes gone? Yeah, I mean, I think I break it down into segments. I didn't, obviously, awful. The first 10, 12, 15 games, I didn't like it at all. You know, I thought we were, looked out of sync. I didn't like the way we were playing. I didn't like – there were so many things not to like about it. But, you know, the players would feel the same way. They – you know we're losing all those games we haven't you know but i like how the teams rallied you know every night i think they give an effort that i mean disappointed in the chicago one obviously watching i wasn't on the trip i was watching at home and it was uh you know those are the ones you want to have because it's frustrating you know what, what it means in the standings but just in general you want to kind of keep moving forward and you want to beat teams that are below you but you also want to beat good teams and you want to keep yourselves competitive especially with the young guys we have in the lineup we don't want them to get into a you know a situation where losing becomes an everyday thing that that's not good for any any young player so you know i thought love love kind of in the middle how things have changed i think the d zone at times we still need to tighten it up uh, special teams the penalty kill has been good uh, power play is a work in progress it isn't quite where savvy wants it i mean i think we're, we've been changing things we've been mixing things up it's looked a little better it's been scoring some goals but again we want to you know we need to we need to it needs to be better i mean I, I don't think anybody listen would say wow that's a you know when you watch some of the power plays around the league we we, we have some work to do it's not the lack of effort from the guys so that's one thing i could say is 
the guys, the the players have all bought in and are working, and we're we're on the right path. We just have to continue to keep going. I mean, there's going to be wins and losses. We we know where where we are as a team right now, and you know we just want to have. I want to just see us play the right way night in and out. You might lose, that happens, but right, you got to put in the effort. Is that and and Wes and I have talked about this. We even we're, we're talking last week because Wes wrote that piece, which I know he spoke to you about about Ryan Huska, and and that was one of the things that the both of us kind of uh, pinpointed was you always know what you're going to get for the most part, work ethic wise. How how important a baseline is that to set, or kind of like a, a standard to set for the group going forward, regardless of what next year's roster looks like or the year after, like to have that as, as a standard, how important is that? Well, I think working on this side with coaches and, and playing for coaches, that there's there's some things that are just, this is the way it is, if you want to play on the team and you want to be part of whatever team it was that I ever played on, I think the best coaches said that these are non-negotiable for us, and if you want to play, you have to do X, Y, Z. And I think you have to, and, and once you, you have that standard, you can't let guys fall under it, you know. And, and for sure, you're not going to win every game, you're not going to, you know, that that's but if you have those standards and you, you do the right thing and work, you know, I, I things that make me crazy is when we come out slow on a, a, a slow start why are we not prepared like again we put it on the coaches but i put it back on the players we're the ones sitting in that room you're getting focused for that game like if i know i have the first shift especially the first two or three minutes i want to get it in deep i want to get on them i want to turn pucks over and make sure we got all our guys back you know especially just to start the period you know bob hartley was a big on that too and i I agree the beginning of the period end of the period you know you just want to play build up that intensity after we score sometimes i feel we have a low i'd like to not see a low i want to see us go right back on the attack you know so there's little things i mean there's still improvements in our games that i sit and watch night in and night out saying "Mm, we do it right sometimes but not all the time we want to we want to become more consistent craig something that I think Pat and I have heard a lot in our conversations with the players lately and understanding that your team's coming off a frustrating weekend. But something we've heard quite often is I, I think we've found our identity. I think we've figured out our maybe recipe to success here. From your vantage point, what does the identity of this group at its best need to be? You know, I think we got to play as five-man units. We got to be up-tempo. We need to be... You know, it's one where you, you get in those scrums. We need all five guys in the scrum. We don't have a nuclear deterrent like Luch anymore, so we got to stick together as a team. We have to compete. We have – it's not one person. We're not, we're not looking and saying, okay, there's one guy here. This is going to be a team effort. It might be Zari one night. It might be Kadri. It might be Lindholm or Huber. Like, we're, we're, we're a by-committee team. And the sooner we learn, we're not just going to outscore teams. We have to defend well and play well in our own zone, and we have to be hard to play against. And that's relentless on back checks, relentless on D zone coverage. We have to block shots. We might have to win those games 2-1. You know, we're, we're not a team that's going to score six, seven goals a night and just outscore our problems. We have to be a team that wins, you know, three, two games, two, one games. So, you know, I think that's coming, but I think it's the accountability through the whole group is what we need and and these young players coming in have have done a very good job too to to kind of help bring that along i was going to ask you about that because connor zary and martin pospisil and some of the other 
youngsters in this organization have been such a positive storyline in this city. What maybe what have your impressions been of the kids and what's put them in the position they've been in or, or what's put them what's had them ready, I guess, to, to make an impact at this level? Well, I think, you know, with with Posp and Czar, they time in the minors. You know, you hate to say it, but time in the minors. Nobody wants to play in the minors. That's probably the the last thing any young player wants to do. They want to – it's a – with young guys now, it's everything about I want it today. So for them to go down, to put in that time, and to have success down there, and then to come up, you know, and put them in a spot. You know, I think Huss did a great job putting them in spots where they can play lots, where they – you know, is it the power play? Zari's a power play guy, you know, and have I seen games where I'm like, ooh, it, you know, he looks like he's getting a little tired. It's hard. I mean, because he's putting all out effort every night and there's a lot of games, you know, so there's there's going to be some games where he's really, really good and there's going to be some bad games, but we know we, we know that's going to come and he's only going to get more and more. I saw that with Michael Backlund as a player. You know, you don't see that very often anymore. Backs might have a you know, a game where you're like, yeah, he wasn't on his game, but it's few and far between. And I think that's where, you know, the coaching staff and myself were like, we know they're trying. It just, it's a lot, you know. So I think for us, but to see them come up, I mean, a guy like like Pospisil, who's had lots of injuries uh, to come in, you always had high expectations for him, but he couldn't get any traction because you love his speed. He's got that grit. He brings an element that we don't have a lot of. You know, when I like it, I love when people are going after him and they're pissed off at him because then I know he's on his game early because they're mad. They're chasing him around. That's Posp at his best. So, you know, and we don't have a lot of that. So for him to come up and do that and be a part of that line, and I think we've all seen it. Kadri's played his game is really elevated and, he, sure. and the way he works with those guys I think is uh, you know that's what I talk about having a veteran guy with young guys I think that's made a yeah. huge difference for the whole line you know when talking when talking about the young players you know on the outside we've said because one of the things that, that people glommed onto and, and seemed to really appreciate from your introductory news conference you know back in May was when you said I want to get younger. I want to have a younger roster. And so far, we've seen Zari and Pospisil play. Coronado made the team out of camp. Uh, we're going to see Kuznetsov make his debut. We've seen Solovyov get into games. So on the outside, like, yeah, the, the team's followed through. Conroy's followed through on, on. But you're your own harshest critic. I'm, I'm curious as to, like, have in your eyes, has it been enough? Have you liked how you've been able to get younger? We, we think so, but what about you? Well, you know, you always would love to find if if you're looking at Matty Coronado or not, he's playing great down there. Would I love to find a position to get him up here? But again, I, being down there is not a negative. It's yeah. he's playing in all those positions. He's playing in all those situations. And up here, he's a top nine forward that needs to be on the power play. And if I can't get him into that spot, then it just doesn't make sense to put him in. But, you know, you look at all these guys. I think when when you look at a guy like Klapka, all these guys, we, we've had one of the better teams in the American League, and they all deserve a chance. You know, with, with Kuzi playing tonight, I think that just sends another message. Hey, we don't know. It's not just, there's just not one player down there that's going to get called up every time. I think they're, you know, I'm hoping for the Wranglers, every single guy says, if I play well enough and if I do enough, 
and they need they need the type of player that I am, they're going to call me up. Right. And that's that's what the message we're trying to send to the young guys and to the organization. And you hope it pushes the veteran guys up here. I mean, we really we you know we're not where we want to be in the standings, but these young guys have put us in a a great spot because of them coming up because we weren't that good the first you know 12 15 games where you know it was it was going to be a long season these young guys came up and they gave us the spark and now i'm looking for you know the the other guys that are out there you have, have you gotten that feedback from them the american league players that hey it kind of energizes us too well i don't you know i have they don't tell me anything okay. maybe okay. you know i guess maybe if i'd i Probably if I talk to Sutsy down there, he, he might be able to tell me. I guess I, I'm just thinking when I was a player, uh, Darcy Tucker was on my team, you know, uh, Frazier. Uh, there was all of us, Bordalo, myself. We all got called up. We didn't know who was going to get called up. We're all playing as hard as we could to get that opportunity. And that's, you know, Darcy went to Tampa. I went to St. Louis, you know. Some guys stayed in, uh, you know, Val Bure was there. He stayed in Montreal. Then, I mean, but... I, that was always my philosophy that, hey, you know what? They gave us a chance. Yeah. In the end, maybe we all didn't play in Montreal, but it made us NHL players, you know, and it gave us that confidence. And we worked hard. You know, we went to the finals my first year in Fredericton, and it's because we're like, okay, who's getting called up next? I mean, it, there is a feeling that there's an opportunity, and I do think that helps an American League team too. Just a few uh, quick hitters with you. Um Got to be exciting to see Jacob Pelche and Kevin Rooney both get to go to the Wranglers and, and start their return to play. That, that, that's kind of what it is now. It's all about a return to play plan mm-hmm. for those two, right? It is. I mean, they had major major surgeries, so we, we still want to be – they're medically cleared, but we want to we want to be careful with them. I mean, we want to make sure that they feel good, they're ready. Uh, you know, Manji went through it, Tanev went through it. It takes a little time, so yeah, they're just they're going to start working their way in, and, and hopefully, when they feel comfortable and, and we feel comfortable, and the medical staff, we'll get them back in games. So, like, have you been able to calm Pelche down? <laughs> yeah, he's he would probably want to play again. You know, we want to do what's best for him for the next ten to fifteen years. He he would just rather play tomorrow, probably. How? I, how awesome! I know that uh, he's going through his own return to play protocol right now, but just to see Oliver on the ice the last uh, three or four days and to see him around a team again and to, to be skating and practicing, just that in and of itself must feel like a, a big success, hey? Yeah, it is. You know, to see him, he was the first, the first practice. He was the first guy here in front sitting in the front at all the meetings. I mean, so, you know, the coaches told me, I'm like, oh, that's great. You know, to have him be excited and and looking forward to this opportunity to be with the guys and hey we didn't know where this was ever going to be you know we were taking our time we're trying to make sure we're doing the right thing for oliver and and he's uh right now he's excited so you know i don't want to be too optimistic but we're going to move at his pace and our pace and what's best for him but we would love to see him love to see him get back playing games one more for me, and uh, Michael Backlund mentioned one of the things that makes sp- today special for him is his dad's arriving, and it, it sounds like we're going to have a, a few of the proud papas hanging around tonight, and then I know it's your dad's trip for the next two to, to Arizona and Vegas. Can you describe, you know, as someone who played as long as he did in the league and, and now in management, can you describe what those trips are like to have all these 
really important figures in these men's life around to kind of share in this? I only got to do one. Uh, it wasn't really a thing when I was playing, so we got one here in Calgary. And, you know, my dad and I, it was it was amazing. It really was. I mean, he, you know, we talk about it still to this day. You know, for all the dads to get together, to have some fun, to be a part of it, to kind of see what the guys do too. I mean, I think for some, some of the dads have been on a few now. But with COVID, it's been a little bit of a break for yeah, us. So right? now we're back i think it's great i mean i think these are these are the experiences that hey the guys are it's a grind there's stuff going on but for you to be able to do it with your dad you know i know dad uh, bax's dad was with him at the award ceremony it, it was amazing i mean him and frida they were with us in the afternoon you know, I think that's when I knew. I said, geez, if Bax didn't really like us, I doubt he'd hang out with us all <laughs> afternoon here down in the scouting uh, scouting meetings and stuff. So he had lunch with us. And to have his dad there to see that, to see him win, you know, Jerome and I went over, Peter Hanlon, we all went over to watch uh, watch the awards. That's pretty special. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, and to have his dad here tonight to see that, that'll be special. And if he ever beats Jerome, I bet his dad will be sitting here yeah. again. Did uh, did you have to put your dad on a curfew, or or could you trust him? <sighs> they had fun. Yeah. yeah, they. Yeah, we didn't win that many games, so I remember Daryl wasn't probably overly uh, excited with with the dad's trip. But you know, for me, it was one where you know I'll never forget, and and that's why I think it's important to do it. You know, I know we do mom's trips now and, and dad's trips, but it's all, it is a little easier with the dads and the dads do like to have fun, but the moms like to have fun too. So it's, <laughs> we'll, we'll get the mom's trip in there as soon as we can. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, Craig. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Craig. Craig Conroy is the general manager of the Calgary Flames. Joining us, the uh, first half of the season will be in the books on Tuesday night when the final buzzer hits against the Ottawa Senators. Crazy to think that uh, we're almost 41 Halfway games home. into the Jeez. season. Craziness. Uh, Craig Conroy, the GM, exclusively on Flames Talk, inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. Flames fans, meet Cal and Gary. Top products curated for Calgarians, and we mean every single one of you only available at Calgary Co-op. Visit them today as we start to wrap things up this hour. Uh, he is Wes Gilbertson on Twitter at Wes Gilbertson. My name is Pat Steinberg. Thanks to Shan and Cam, our producers as well. And this hour has been the Sports Drive brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Did you know Calgary Lock and Safe also fixes doors? If you have one that needs it, visit calgarylockandsafe.com slash doors.